Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today I'm chatting with Brian Bogert. Brian is a human behavior and performance coach, a keynote speaker, a business strategist, and an author. And he can be found online at brianbogert.com. Brian, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to be here, Sandy. So tell us, I mean, it sounds like you're doing a wide variety of things and yet I have the sense that there's a common thread through there. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing and the impact that you in, that you have through your business, who you're helping and what they're doing. Absolutely. So if you'll bear with me, I'd like to give a little context uh, because it'll make sense as to, to where we're going. Uh, I'm going to expedite this just for the sake of giving a succinct answer, but I want to start way back at the beginning. Uh, when I was seven years old, I was run over by a truck and my left arm was completely severed from my body. It was reattached. I had 24 surgeries, years of, of overcoming adversity, struggle, as I'm sure you can imagine, and many, many lessons throughout the way. Um, and, and I know you and the listeners probably weren't expecting it to go there today, but, but the reason I started there is because I learned you know, a number of primary lessons and I know how unique my story is, but I also know that for all of us, it's about pausing and extracting the story or the lessons we can from our own stories and then becoming intentional with how do we apply them in our lives. So there's two primary things that are lessons that I kind of applied towards big portions of my life. I learned early not to get stuck by what had happened to me, but instead get moved by what I could do with it. And I also learned this philosophy, which was to embrace pain to avoid suffering. And when this is done correctly, it's also where we gain freedom. And so it's these two philosophies that I used to not only overcome this unique injury, how my business partners and I scaled our last business to 15 million within the span of a decade, and now has a human behavior performance coach and speaker, uh, and really entrepreneur, we're helping individuals and organizations just like you, just like the people listening, become more aware, more intentional, and who they already are, their most authentic selves. You see, I believe that's when magic happens and the door starts to crack to perspective, motivation, and direction. And I believe that's when people have the chance to have joy, freedom, and fulfillment holistically enter into their lives. And so it's all these reasons and some of those lessons that we're committed to impacting a billion lives by 2045 through our entities. And what that means for us is reducing the level of suffering on the planet so that people have the chance to experience joy, freedom, and fulfillment. And when that starts to take place, we also can bring vulnerability and authenticity, which is the glue that binds human connection back into the forefront. And then we're in a position where people can not only stand confidently, but convicted on their own two feet as who they are and know that the world's not going to just accept them, but embrace them for who they are. So all of the things that we're touching is about impacting lives, helping people become more of who they are, and breaking down a lot of the social constructs and barriers that have prevented us from doing so through a lot of our initiatives. And that's what we're all about. So it sounds like you are really influencing one, in a, even when you're working with a company, you're influencing one person at a time. Yeah, so I think everything comes down to one person, one interaction, one everything at a time. But the reality of it is, is if you're on stage, you can impact a thousand or two thousand people at a time. But it's all about the individualized impact that matters. And so I think that what happens and what we learn is even in our broad spectrum solutions, whether it's coaching courses, keynote type talks, 
Every single one of those is still about calibrating the proper language to have impact in at least one person's life. Hopefully we're impacting many simultaneously, but yes, through our one-to-one coaching, we go very deep with individuals, but often those are individuals that influence the distribution of that throughout their organization. So you just talked about calibrating language. Could you share more about that? Yeah, so I think we are all wired to communicate differently. There are some things that are the same. Uh, We know that 7% of our communication comes from the words. We know that 38% comes from the vocal connotations and tones and cadence. And we know that 40 or sorry, 55% comes from our nonverbals, which is really our, our, uh, emotion, our, our body cues, right? Our nonverbals, our energy, our body language. And so if we understand that, then we can understand the proper medium to calibrate our communication. But what we also need to understand is that people operate at different speeds, different cadences, different tones. And so often when you see somebody that's a very dynamic speaker, it's somebody who has the ability to take high and low tones but also calibrate through speed so that you're bringing different people into the experience with you, right? So I look at audiobooks as a great way for us to just use this analogy. Audiobooks, when I listen to an audiobook at normal speed, just because of the way my brain and how I speak and talk and walk, I mean, you know, I speak fast, right? You've learned that already. I could not consume them in a way that would calibrate with my own way of learning, hearing, and thinking until I changed the speed to one and three quarter to two times speed. When I do that, my retention is higher, my comprehension is higher, and I'm more engaged for longer in the content than if I listen at a speed that's not calibrated to the way that I operate. And so when I say influencing and calibrating from stage, there's going to be situations where you speed up a conversation for emphasis and impact in the way that it is, and there's inherently times that you slow it down. And by changing the calibration along with the tones and how you communicate, you actually can get a broader audience to connect to your overall message. Very interesting. And so if we're taking that to a one-on-one space, how do we use that knowledge to, to our benefit when we are, we are all here trying to influence the world. We're trying to make things better. We're trying to share products and services. We're trying to connect with people. How do we use that information in the one-to-one? Yeah. So I think it's a lot easier in one-to-one than it is in a broad spectrum. I mean, it, uh, because in a broad spectrum, you have to communicate and hit in multiple different areas. In a one-to-one, you can read who you're talking to. You can listen to how they communicate. You can watch their body language. And it's not about mirroring or changing who you are authentically, but recognizing that sometimes if you modify your speech patterns just enough so that they calibrate with the other individual, you actually resonate and connect at a deeper level. Now that requires some emotional intelligence because you've got to be able to read the individual right? That also requires some level of self-awareness so that you understand not only what your natural state is, but how to modify accordingly without changing who you are. Because I'm not promoting do this inauthentically or do this just for the sake of influence. It still has to be authentic to who you are. It won't resonate or or you're credible anyway. But when you're reading the person on the other side, if you've got a high level of emotional intelligence, you have a high level of self-awareness, you can start to change your speaking pattern in a way that you can in some ways mirror their natural calibration so that you can communicate with them effectively. And again, you can't go dramatic swings. If I walked into every conversation and talked like this, it wouldn't come across as natural because this just is not who I am. But when I actually talk like this, I can still slow it down a little bit so that you get the emphasis and I can make sure I'm calibrating with that. You mentioned our authentic selves, 
helping people find their authentic self. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, so I think it's it's a great question. You know, I, I start by saying that I think so many of us are born as the most bright, burning, authentic light we will ever be, right? And and I mean, think about it. Anybody who has kids or been around kids has seen just the rawness, the pureness, the way that they can come in and engage in the world. And then we, right, parents, teachers, coaches, employers start layering all these things on top of them. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be this. You shouldn't be that. You should chase this amount of success. You shouldn't chase that amount of success, right? Until at some point we just become an empty shell of who we once were because we have all these layers of what the world has told us. Should in and of itself is a shame-based word, okay? Because it implies whatever you're doing isn't good enough. And so we have to start by understanding that, that sometimes it's about reconnecting with who we once were before the world told us who to be. And other times it's about really finding who we are so that we can create that life of intentional alignment that's authentic to who we are. When I say authenticity, it's, it's, it's not just to be an unfiltered sense of self, but it's about to honor who you are. When we chase all the things that the world has told us to, we start by chasing the what, what house, what car, what amount of money, what amount of success, what spouse, what, right, all the way across. And we lose the who in the process which is why it's not a surprise so many people wake up and have midlife crises or start making dramatic changes because really what they're looking for is a sense of self. When we recalibrate with the who, then the what's in our life become a manifestation of that. How do we do that? I give one simple trick just to start with. There's way too many answers to actually go deep on this because it's different as you would imagine for every person, but there's some basic things that work. But the very first is just create two lists. One side is what are the people, things, sources, activities, and sources of information that come into your world that make you feel good, that lift you up, that make that one hour just feels like you've gone by and really eight to 10 have gone by. You've breezed through it. It leaves you energized, leaves you feeling like you want more, leaves you feeling like you want to go engage instead of just go curl up on the couch because you have nothing left. It's the things that bring excitement, joy, energy, fulfillment into our world. Create that list because we all know what those look like. We all know what they feel like. And we all know who and what things make us feel that way. Create the counter list. What are the things, people, sources of information and activities that you do that drain you, that leave you feeling depleted, that leave you feeling not worthy, that leave you feeling unappreciated, that leave you feeling like you can't get up the next day, but that one hour that you spent actually felt like eight or 10, right? We all know what that feels like. And we all know how miserable that can feel, yet we don't always take the actions necessary to start to realign our lives in the way that makes sense. So if you, all you did was this, and you just removed as many things from this list as possible and spent more time on things in this list, wherever possible, that in and of itself helps you realign with your authentic self. Now, there's a whole lot more to really discovering who you are, but that's a basic step that anybody can apply right now. Well, what brought you to this work? Yeah. So what brought me to this work is about seven years ago, I, we had our, our first son and the first six months went by like that. And I was always the man that said, I didn't want to be the guy, professional parent, you know, that did everything for his family, said he did everything for his family, but really all they did was provide for them financially. And then woke up 20, 25 years later and they were all gone because there wasn't actually anything there other than providing financially. Six months went by and I realized I was burning the candle at both ends. And that's pretty much all I was doing was providing financially. I wasn't showing up with leadership, love, presence, all these other things. And it was the first time in my life um, that I didn't feel like I had the people in my life, the mentors in my life, nor the skill sets to figure it out myself. If I had, I would have figured it out in the first six months, but I didn't. And so I went out and I hired my first coach. Uh, I interviewed 15 of them. And the first 14 were an inch deep and a mile wide. 
and had no relevance or credibility. And I was starting to give up. And then I landed with somebody and I started working with him in the first month and working with him. He said, Brian, you got to be doing this. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, man, with your personal story, with your professional story, he's like, and all you do is build people and build businesses. He's like, why would you not be coaching? Why would you not be speaking and doing that professionally? Because he's like, I know you do a lot of this on the side. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, buddy. I'm paying you a lot of money. Now just tell me how great I am. Because I'm going to figure out all these other things. Like, right, I, I hired you to get more clarity in my world, not add something else to the plate. Like, what are you doing? And he trickled it for nine months. And then the universe sent me a sign that I just couldn't refuse. Uh, it, it was very loud, very clear. And it was making it very obvious that he was telling me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. I ran the two businesses side by side for about five years. July of 2019, my wife and I had a weekend away. And it was one of those where spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally, we were like just one. We were synced and we're driving to pick up the kids. And she looks over at me and she says, how would you feel if you didn't have to go to the office on Monday morning? So I had some other health stuff that took place a few years back. We're good now. But she said, I said, babe, that's a loaded question. Why don't you tell me more? And she said, well, she said, I think you let this health stuff allow fear to enter into your world in a way I've never seen you operate. She said, I think you've convinced yourself that we need the money, the status, the financial security of this established business that's growing. And she said, but I'm here to tell you we don't. I don't care if we live in a cardboard box on the corner. What we need is 100% of you. And she said, and we don't have it. And I don't think you see it, but every day you're in risk management and play benefits consulting, you're dying a little bit inside. She said, I also know that every time you speak and coach, you have a little bit of light about you that doesn't exist elsewhere. And I know that you're not having the impact on the world that you want, nor do I think you're barely scratching the surface of your potential. So she said, there's nobody on this planet I'd rather take a bet on than you. Why don't we double down on that bet and go see what's possible? We spent the next 10 months unpacking it, walking through the unpack process so that I could execute my buy, sell, and my other business and chase this very aggressively. And so that's what's gotten me to where I am today. Whole lot of other variables in there, as I'm sure you can imagine. But that's, uh, that's the tops of the waves. That's a great story, Brian. So as you made that shift, what did you learn about yourself? I never thought I was a creative person until I was operating outside of the structure of a normal business. Um, I never viewed myself with the ability to not only create content, but actually put thoughts into words in a way that would matter. Also in a way to actually create opportunities and analogies, because a lot of what I do is to paint imagery with my words. I never realized that ability and where we could take that. I also didn't ever realize the creativity in building and structuring businesses, whether it be my own or where that would go for others. Even though I'd done it, I never really viewed it as creative. So I learned about myself that I'm highly creative. Um, and I never viewed myself in any way as a creative. Um, what's interesting is what I learned about myself through that is that I don't, I never identified as a creative, but there's a part of me, I think that always knew I was, and it was completely stifled out of me following the traditional corporate path. Just for me, I'm not saying that that does it to everybody, but for me, it stifled my creativity to the point that I didn't even believe I was creative. So that's kind of an interesting thing. And as you made the shift and built the new business, how did you see your influence change? Dramatically. Um, as we shifted into this world, a few things took place. Uh, again, the creativity started to come back. Um, I certainly had to unpack 15 years of bad behaviors. And really, and when I say bad behaviors, it's not that they were good or bad. It's just they weren't serving me in this place. And... I had to redefine and be even more flexible in 
what I used to believe were linear paths to success, there is much more exponential opportunity than I think many of us are conditioned to believe. So the influence broadened significantly. Um, it allowed me to lean into who I am most authentically. And the further I, away, I get away from that world, the more that happens. The more authentic to who I am that exists, the more our work and what we're able to do in terms of impact only elevates and escalates because it's not something that's being forced anymore or driven because of the purpose of it, but it's allowed to just flow and have the creative impact that's possible. And so I think as a result of that, it's allowed me to be on stages and in situations with people that I wouldn't have otherwise been in a way that makes me feel more like myself as well. And so what's cool is everything that's happening is 100% a result of who I am and then our beautiful team around that's starting to help build and develop. Um, it's it's broadened the, the influence significantly. Um, you know, just to talk about pure scale, uh, you know, part of this was the transition, part of this was COVID, but I went really deep on a virtual and podcast strategy. And so in the last year, I've been on over 200 podcasts, uh, over 50 virtual summits, and a whole bunch of other private stuff. And the reason I say that is not to impress, but to impress upon the point, when you have the opportunity to get that many reps, your influence goes up significantly. Having that many reps and that much evergreen content that also is out there in the world in one of our most digitally leveraged times ever also in, increases influence. And then as people gravitate towards our message and our genuine desire and in, to have collective impact in this world, it's also given us collective influence because there's a number of individuals who have bought into the message or a part of the mission or a part of what we're doing, whether or not they're a part of our business. And so to impact a billion lives, influence has to exist because it's not going to be done one-to-one -one, and I won't personally impact a billion. There's just no possible way to have that happen. So influence has to create influence to have a trickle effect of influence. And that's what's been taking place since I transitioned. And so it sounds like that's your plan for impacting a billion lives is to continue that path. Part of it. Yep. Yeah. I think any, at this point, it's very clear other than my family, anything that is not in alignment with driving towards a billion isn't going to fit in my world because right now that is a singular minded focus, but it's going to be done through multiple entities. Well, Brian, where can we find you online? So brianbogert.com is one of the best places, um, you know, to impact a billion. We're very aware that 99.9999999% will never pay us a dollar. And we're very okay with that. So if you go there, you'll see all of our social handles are integrated in there at Bogert Brian, but we put a lot of free content out because we genuinely want to have impact. Um, so you'll see articles published places like Forbes and others that are all there. That's a great place to find us, get more information and anything you consume there that you like, we just ask that you pay it forward and share it. Um, and if that's all you ever need from us, take it and run. Uh, but if there's a way that we can obviously have greater level of impact in your life, um, there's multiple ways to do that. Let us know how we can help. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us today, Brian, for sharing so much about your story. There's so much there and I love hearing about your own transformation and your journey. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you, Sandy.
Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time. Thank you.